You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 31. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for listening to another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany and I am your host. And if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. I'm happy to have you here. And if this is your second, third, 31st time listening, welcome back. And um, I appreciate you for listening. Before I get into this week's episode, I want to start with a few announcements. The first thing that I'd like to say is that this is the first Episode 31 is the first of a series on productivity. I mentioned in the last episode that I'd be doing a few episodes on productivity and time management. I think that one of the hardest things about adulting is actually trying to manage your time and the competing demands that you have. And so I wanted to do a few episodes about different issues and different challenges that I think are common to people as we try to navigate, you know, work, our health, our self-care, our families, our relationships. And so I have a question for you guys. What is your biggest issue with productivity or time management? If you have a challenge, if you're currently struggling struggling with something, I'd love to hear what are the things that you're struggling with because I'd like to actually address them in some of the episodes coming up. So if you send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com with a little bit of insight or a question that you have related to productivity and time management, I would love to try and help you out as best as I can. With that, If you haven't already done so, please leave a five-star rating and review for How Does She Do It in the iTunes podcast store. And in order to do that, you can open up the podcast app and search for How Does She Do It. And what you'll see, um, you'll see an option at the top of the at the top of the window that pops up to that says reviews. And if you tap review, you have the option to leave a review. I'd really appreciate it if you left one because the reviews and the ratings and the downloads is what keeps the store rather the show on the iTunes homepage and keeps the rankings up there so that other people can find the show. And if you're finding it valuable, that means that there might be somebody else who could find it valuable. So I appreciate your five-star rating and review in advance. This week's Just My Thoughts is about the Netflix documentary titled 13th, and it is directed by the uh, woman and amazing talent, Ava DuVernay, who directed Selma. And this documentary is probably one of the most powerful things I've ever seen on media, on television. It is about the privatized and racist system of mass incarceration in the United States in a nutshell. And what the documentary does is it starts with the 13th Amendment, which is the amendment that is, you know, touted as the amendment that freed, that ended and kind of freed the slaves and actually includes a clause that makes slavery of people who are convicted of crimes legal in the United States. I went to law school, I've read the 13th Amendment, and that part always kind of missed me. And it missed me 
until, and honestly, much of constitutional law missed me, generally speaking, because it is a very complicated and nuanced area of law, and I won't get into my, into my, uh, on my soapbox about con law generally. But what was striking about this piece was how personal it felt. And I consider myself educated. I am relatively well-read. I'm pretty in tune with issues of systematic discrimination and racism in America. And while I was not completely surprised by what was covered and talked about during the documentary, I did learn a few things. And one of the things I learned was about the existence of this organization that consists of a partnership. It's basically a partnership between corporations, members of corporations, and members of Congress, where corporations get to help write some of the laws that get put before Congress before they become law. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, how is this a thing? And when I, and I feel like I had heard of this organization and I'm not even, I can't even remember the name of it at the moment. But the point is, if you are living in America and you're over the age of like 15, I think that this is a documentary that needs to be seen. It covers racism. It covers the history of systematic oppression in America, both overt and covert. It demonstrates the intentionality that exists on so many levels to maintain systems in the way that they exist now. It includes images and quotes and video from both current presidential candidates as of the time of this recording. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are running for president, and there are unflattering and downright upsetting things you hear and clips that you see from both of them. So I think what it does is it tells an accurate story, regardless of how you lean politically. If you are an open-minded person, if you believe that there, there have been wrongs done to groups of people in America, even if you don't buy into the extent to which these wrongs existed and all those kinds of things, this is something that you need to see because you learn more about this country than meets the eye. And a lot of what seems like happenstance and, oh, people just happen to become, you know, victims of the, the system and, you know, incarcerated in large numbers. I think this documentary does a very, very good job of stating the facts as they are. And you'll see an amazing array of scholars and both people who are people of color and people who are white. Um, you see some commentary from people who are who don't necessarily agree with everything that is being said in the documentary. And you hear from people like Michelle Alexander uh, and Van Jones and Angela Davis with her awesome excellence. And it's just, it's extremely powerful. And so I encourage you to take a look. It's on Netflix, 13th 
13th. If you don't have Netflix, make it a, you know, um, make a movie night of it. But it is absolutely worth the watch. I will probably watch it again. Although I literally sat and watched it with my brow furrowed the entire time. And I felt, I just, I just, it hurt. It really, really hurt to see. But it's absolutely necessary viewing for every person living in America. I did not say citizen. I did not say, you know, every black person. I didn't say every white person. Every person living in this country, because what this documentary does, beyond demonstrating the obvious uh, system, systematic racism that exists, it demonstrates the fact that oppression Deliberate oppression is real, and it's not just Black Americans that suffer at the hands of this at the hands of this system, but the privatized, um, the privatized prison industrial complex is a very real thing, and it's not. Although Black men are disproportionately victimized by the system. There are our Latino brothers and sisters. There are our black women. There are our white people, poor white Americans who are probably the victims of this system as well. And so you need to know what's going on. We all need to know what's going on. And we need to recognize that we are living in a time where it's not going to be okay just to treat people the way that we've been being treated for literally centuries in this country. And in order for change to happen for everyone, systems of oppression and things that help that are deliberately and intentionally created to keep and subjugate a, a specific group of people. We need everyone to assist in uprooting and exposing these kinds of systems. And I think that this film is the first of probably, hopefully, many more that will come to expose other types of oppression that exist in this country. Thank you to Ava and her staff for and everyone who featured in this in this film and who had a part in making it come to light because it is brilliantly done and I hope that there will be more like it out there. And I don't mean to imply that this is the first film that exposes things that happen in America, but this is one of the few that I think this one does it in a in a different way. This one felt really really different. So those are just my thoughts for this week. As promised, this is the first of a series on how to be more productive and to manage our time well. This episode is about how to wake up early during the week. I'm not asking you to wake up early on the weekends, but I do think that waking up early during the week has its advantages. And so waking up early isn't something that I've always done. Um, And when I say early, and I don't want you guys to judge me, but my first alarm goes off before 4.30, okay? And I'll tell you more about that, you know, in more detail as we get further into the episode. But it all started around working out, right? And I typically work out three to four days a week. And when I'm on my way to the gym, I usually put up something on Snapchat and or Instagram stories. And if you use Snapchat, Snapchat has a a feature for you to put up the time that you are, you know, recording the snap. Usually my snap will go up 
around 4.50 something, a little bit after five. And over the last several months that I've been doing it, I've gotten messages from people who follow me on Snapchat or Instagram, like, you know, about how early I'm up. Do you, you know, how often do I go to the gym? How, what time do I go to bed? You know, I attend saying, oh, I wish that I could wake up early, you know, or you're crazy for waking up so early. I'm never going to get out of bed that early. <laughs> and so uh, so what I wanted to do is start this series with waking up early because it is the kind of logical progression of time management. Our days start generally unless you work a night shift. It, they start in the morning. And so um, one of the things that I've learned over the last several years, I first started kind of trying to look into waking up early back in 2013. And I know this again, shout out to Evernote because I have a note about me taking notes, reading a book by a woman named or listening to a book rather by a woman named Laura Vanderkam. And the title of this book was what do successful people, what successful people do before breakfast. And this was around the time where I decided that I wanted to start going to the gym in the morning. I wanted to start just using my mornings differently and starting and, and waking up more regularly. That trend kind of happened and started for a couple of weeks and then I didn't pick it up again. And it wasn't until I actually met my ex, who was an early riser, did I get back into the habit of going to the gym early in the morning again. And so I wanted to, in this episode, break down five ways and five things that you can do to wake up early during the week. So the first way that you wake up early during the week is to decide that you want to wake up early for yourself. And that sounds simple. It sounds obvious, but a lot of things that are simple and obvious, we still don't even do, right? So the reason why I say it starts with a decision is because you have to be intentional about everything that you do. And one of the things that we have to be intentional about is if you plan to wake up early in the morning is you have to, you know, be intentional about that decision to do so. It can't just be something that you want to do because it sounds like that's something cool that people do, or it sounds like it's something that you should want to do because other people are doing it. No, you have to want to do it for yourself. So you make the decision to say that you want to wake up early, but with that decision also has to come the counter against the idea that you are, quote, not a morning person. For years, I put that label on myself. I'm not a morning person. I'm do my work, my best work at nighttime, da, 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 all these different things. But Proverbs 23, seven says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And it's the idea that the things that you tell yourself and the things that you say to yourself about yourself or about your circumstances, if you say them often enough to yourself, you will begin to embody and reflect whatever it is that, that you're telling yourself. So if you keep telling yourself you're not a morning person, you're always going to believe that you can't wake up early in the morning. If you tell yourself, oh, I'm not really, I'm not into working out, you will never be into working out. If you tell yourself like I'm having this battle now about me never being able to reduce the amount of red meat that I eat. If I keep telling myself that I'll never be able to do that, I will not 
actually be able to do it, right? So it's a matter of you being, you making the decision to do the thing that you say you're set out to do. And in this instance, it may be waking up earlier uh, during the week and to stop telling yourselves those messages that you can't or that you're not this or you need to be this kind of person to do that. It starts with the decision. And once you put that intentionality out there, then you can then start to do things differently that reflect that intentionality and then change the mindset that you have around that thing that you're intending to do, which is wake up earlier during the week. The second thing that you can do to wake up early during the week is to set a personal goal or objective related to waking up early. Basically, it's knowing your why, right? So if your goal is just to wake up early in the morning for the sake of saying, I can wake up early in the morning, that's not going to get you very far and it's not going to last you very long. But think about it. Why do you want to get up earlier? What do you want to get out of getting up earlier? What's making you want to get up out of bed earlier? And waking up early is based on some of the research that I've done and in reading this book uh, by Laura Vanderkam, and there'll be a uh, reading, I say reading, but I was listening to an audiobook. In um, this book, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, is she says that waking up early is great for things that require some internal motivation. And when I thought about it, I was like, hmm, I don't really get it, but I think it makes sense. But if you think about it like this, If you are, when it comes to anything, if your only motivation for doing something is because someone else is telling you to do it or someone else is expecting you to do it, that's an ex that's extrinsic motivation, right? That thing is external to yourself versus when something is internally motivated, when you are doing something because you want to do it, because there's something inside of you that's driving that decision, that internal motivation is a much stronger push for doing certain things. So with extrinsic and external motivation, if that external thing is stopped, if that external, you know, factor goes away, so does the action that was connected to it. Whereas with internal motivation, you are the driver, right? And if, and so you don't go anywhere. And if that thing is always inside of you, then you will have the desire to continue to do that thing. So in the morning, which is a time where you're snuggling up in your bed, now it's getting cooler over here on the East Coast, the fall is starting, the leaves are starting to change, that temperature is dipping to below 40 in the morning sometimes, a couple of times last week it did. And it's hard to get out of that from underneath the warm covers and get up and do something. But if you're motivated by something that you want to do for yourself, it will make it much easier to get out of bed. So... Uh, Ms. Vanderkam, she identifies three high value activities that are really, really good for morning productivity. The first is nurturing your career. The second is nurturing your relationships. And the third is nurturing yourself. So if you think about the things that you want to do for yourself and the things, the ways that, the ways that you want to spend your time, it probably fits into one of those three categories. So if it's nurturing your career, maybe you need to get up to look for a different job. Maybe you need to get up to work on, um, you know, learning more about something that's happening in your industry. Maybe you are working on actual projects at work, um, for work. Hopefully you're not getting up early to do work because that means you probably were up late doing work too for your job, but that's a different thing. 
maybe you're talking about nurturing your relationship. Maybe it means being able to spend more time with a loved one in the morning. Maybe it means being able to, to help get your kids ready in the morning if you have kids or have breakfast with your boo or spouse or call your, you know, one of your family members in the morning or do something, you know, related to somebody who you care about and nurturing yourself. That is the thing that that's the bucket that it falls under for me at the moment that nurturing yourself means exercising. Is it motive? Is it, I was about to say motivation. I don't know what that was about to be, but <laughs> I'm talking about, is it meditation? Is it devotion? Is it prayer? Is it exercise? Is it working on a hobby that you have or a side hustle or a passion project, right? That's the nurturing yourself piece. That's self-care essentially in different ways. So if it falls, chances are, if you identify an activity that relates to one of those three things, nurturing your career, nurturing your relationship, or nurturing yourself, then that can give you that internal motivation I talked about to help you want to wake up earlier in the morning. And one of the, the things that, um, one of the analogies that uh, Laura Vanderkam made in the book was waking up early is kind of like, it relates to the idea of paying yourself first. So when you get a paycheck, the rule of thumb and the advice is that you save you automatically save a certain percentage of your month of your paycheck every month, even, you know, at the same before or at the same time that you're taking care of your other responsibilities. If you were to wait until your rent was paid, your bills were paid, um, student loans that you went out to eat with your friends, you bought new clothes, you did all these different things. If you were to wait to save, after you did all those other things, you probably would have a lot less to save. The same concept applies to waking up early. If you have something that you want to do for yourself, if you always wait until the end of the day to try to do that thing for yourself, you will probably have a lot less energy left to do that thing. I know in my own experience, when I try to exercise at the end of my workday, I find every excuse not to do it because you have almost legitimate excuses, right? I'm tired. It's late now. I have to deal with boo. I have to deal with kids. I have to deal with, you know, scandal that's about to come on. I have to deal with making dinner. You can find all of these different legitimate things that you have to do that will push aside that thing that you were supposed to do for yourself. So if you think about it again, like paying yourself first, you use the energy that you have at the top of the day before anybody else has been able to mess with you, has been able to ask you to do something for them before anybody else in your house wakes up. You start your day with that time and you start that day making that investment in yourself. It's going to be a lot harder to make an excuse because the only excuse that you have when you're waking up earlier in the day is really, oh, I should have gotten 30 more minutes of sleep. And I don't know about you, but I've tried to, you know, make that little excuse for myself and try and squeeze in a little 30 minutes of sleep. That never makes me feel better in the morning. It never, a nap in the middle of the day that's 30 minutes makes me feel better. But trying to get 30 minutes of sleep in the morning at this age doesn't really help much. So I just encourage you to think about that. Think about waking up early as kind of paying yourself with your time, investing in yourself with your time. The third thing you can do to wake up early during the week is to just take it 15 to 20 minutes at a time if you're just getting started. So let's say you currently wake up at 6.30 in the morning. 
it's not fair for you to say, not fair to yourself to say, oh, now, you know, I need to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'm going to start waking up at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow. That is like, it's not reasonable and it's not fair and it's not necessary, right? You, you don't want to go from, you know, an hour and a half difference of trying to get yourself earlier out of bed. So what you can do is start in small increments, start to set your alarm 15 to 20 minutes earlier than you currently do. And that way you begin to kind of ease back until you get to that point where you, you know, till you get to the time that you actually want to really be out of bed and kind of make it a more recurring habit. The way that I do it for myself is I actually set two alarms. I set an alarm for the time that I need my body to start kind of stirring and waking up. And then another alarm that's about a little less than 10 minutes after for when I need to actually get out of bed in order to get myself moving. So, you know, setting your alarm 15 to 20 minutes ahead is not going to work if you snooze because snooze, depending on how your phone is set up, snooze can be anywhere from five minutes up to nine or 10 minutes. And if you do that twice, you've already lost the time that you were trying to use to get up earlier out of bed. So set, maybe consider setting two alarms. I'm no sleep expert. I'm not an expert in psychology. So this might not be the best and most healthy method, but that's not what I'm here for. I think it works for me. I managed to get things done. I managed to get up early by setting two alarms. I don't allow myself to snooze because it's almost like I'm tricking myself into thinking I'm snoozing, right? Because I've, I know that there's going to be, I have a little bit more time after that first alarm goes off to kind of get a little bit more fake sleep before the second alarm goes off. So Start to incrementally, you know, move your alarm, set your your alarm earlier to until you get to that, you know, now a new hour that you want to wake up or 45 minutes. And I think that you will find that to be effective. The fourth thing that you can do to wake up earlier during the week is to get organized. Planning and organizing really helps when you're trying to move around your room at five o'clock in the morning to get yourself started to do whatever the thing is that you're trying to do. And I will admit planning and organizing is one of the areas that I'm constantly, constantly working on and trying to get better and trying to improve. But the way that I've kind of helped myself with this process is I think about it like planning backwards. So at night, I think about the best case scenario for what I would like my morning to be like. And so best case scenario is that I can just like kind of move around without even having to think about where things are. I know where, you know, my clothes are for the gym. So at night, the way that I do it is I pack, you know, I kind of lay out my everything from my socks to my stretch pants, my shirt, the hoodie that I'm going to wear, the sweatpants I'm going to wear, everything. I put my headphones and my wallet in my gym bag so that I'm not looking for it because there have been mornings where I'm trying to find my headphones and you, I lose five minutes looking for some stupid headphones that should have been in my gym bag in the first place. So when you plan backwards, so maybe for you, it's saying that you want to be able to sit at your dining room table and, and write. So, you know, have your laptop sitting at the dining room table, already plugged in, already charged up, ready to go so that all you have to do is open it open that thing up and start it up and you are, and you can just start writing. 
if it's reading or if it's devotion, the other thing I try to do is have my Bible on my nightstand so that when I'm ready to, I put my feet on the floor, all I have to do is sit up and reach my hand and pick up my Bible and I can start my devotion so that I'm not looking for it, trying to figure out where it is. Cause again, I've done these things. Where did I leave my Bible last night? And it just, you lose time and you don't have that much time. You now, you, you know, if you've designated this extra hour for yourself in the morning and you're spending time trying to find things that you need to maximize this time, you're kind of defeating the purpose. And I'm not, you know, obviously I'm saying this as someone who has tried and erred and messed this up for myself in many different ways. So these are the things that I've learned in trying to refine this process for myself. But the idea of getting organized is, like I said, it's to plan backwards. Think about your, your best case scenario. So you have the most amount of time to do the thing that you actually want to do in the morning. And the idea is that you are trying to reduce the amount of thinking that you're doing relate that's not related to the reason why you woke up early. So it should you shouldn't have to spend your time looking for the tools or looking for the things that you need in order to make this time the most productive for yourself. The fifth thing that you can do to wake up early during the week is to be consistent. So let's say you don't want to wake up earlier five days a week, but you only want to wake up earlier two days a week. Pick the two days of the week that you're going to wake up early and make those the two days of the week you wake up early every single week. And the reason why this is helpful, it's because you're starting to get your body into a habit. So if you know Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to be the day that you wake up early, you know on Monday night and Wednesday night, you can you have to do certain things in order to allow that wake up early to happen. And so you begin to develop this habit. And, um, and it's really just that simple. Be consistent. Don't say, oh, you know, I want to wake up early, you know, one day of the week and then let that one day of the week be random because then you're, you're messing with your body. You're not creating this habit that you want to develop in your, over time. And so you want to kind of make it like muscle memory. And that way, you know that you can build the rest of your schedule around that. So like I talked about earlier, planning backwards, you know that the evenings have to be, you know, have to operate in a certain kind of way. One of the things that I'm often asked is, what time do I go to bed? And like I mentioned earlier, I kind of do it in a plan backwards kind of way. So when I get home from work, I'm thinking, okay, I know that I need to be in bed by 1030 in order for me to get the amount of sleep that I like to get if I'm waking up at 420 in the morning. And I like to get between five and a half to six hours of sleep. I know they tell us that we need more than that. I'm hoping that on the latter part of my life that I don't regret only getting, you know, on average six hours of sleep a night, but we'll deal with that, um, you know, kind of bridge when we drive up to it. So when I get home from work, I'm like, okay, in order for me to get in bed by 1030, I need to start winding down by probably like 945. And that means, okay, so by 945, I need to have done whatever it is that I came home to do. If it's cook dinner, eat dinner, you know, work on the Four Corners coaching stuff, work on podcast stuff, that needs to be done by 945. And then I need to think about um, 
what I need to get ready for the next day. And so I use that time between 945 and 1030 to do those things. And then I also need to think about, well, what do I want to be prepared to do once I wake up? So if that means being able to pick up my gym bag and walk out the door, or if it means being able to turn on my laptop to do some editing, I need to set those things up so that I can, I'm ready to go in the morning. If that means setting up my water bottle or putting, you know, my pre-workout together, those kinds of things need to be prepared the night before for an ideal wake up early and roll with whatever it is that you're planning to, to roll with in that early morning process. So again, this is the ideal. I don't do it every day, but I am getting much more consistent about it because I have seen that this preparation actually saves me a lot of time because I know that at a certain time I need to be walking out the door in order to get to the gym by a certain time. So like I said, planning backwards really helps. And even, and you can even go as far as to say, you know, well, what time do I need to be getting out of the door to get ready for work? And you can build back all the way up until the time that you need to get up out of bed so that you can fill that time with all the things that you need to do between the time you wake up and the time you need to be walking out the door to get to, to get to work on time. So just a quick wrap up, uh, and summary of the five things that you can do to wake up early during the week. One, decide that you actually want to wake up early for yourself Two, set a personal goal or objective or understand your why for waking up early. Number three, take it 15 to 20 minutes at a time, one day, a couple days a week at a time. Don't go from waking up, you know, at 630 in the morning on Tuesday to being like, oh, I need to be up by five o'clock tomorrow morning and I need to make that the habit for the rest of my life. Don't do that to yourself. It's okay. You can ease into it and you will be fine. The third thing or the fourth thing rather that you should do to Uh, that you can do to wake up earlier is get organized. Be organized the night before and be organized in the morning when you're ready to get into whatever activity that you're getting into. And fifth, be consistent. So start with the same day of the week and make that your habit and then increase the number of days a week that you have or just stick to that one to two to three days a week that you wanted to wake up earlier. So that wraps up the 31st episode of How Does She Do It? Thank you again for listening. This is, again, the first episode in a three-part series on productivity and time management. And we started in the morning, and the next episode will be about the workday. So I'm going to talk a little bit about procrastination, dealing with interruptions at work, feeling overwhelmed, emails, that kind of thing. And I'll have some specific tips and advice that I've applied for myself based on things that I've read and learned from other people. But like I said at the beginning of the episode, as we go into the next part of the series, I would love to hear from you to uh, get an email from you about this specific question. What is the biggest issue or struggle that you have related to productivity? And you can send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com, and I will do my best to incorporate answers to your questions and even read your question on the show so I can you know, let people know what those questions that you guys have shared with me. And I want to give a shout out to Alex for emailing me after 
after last uh, after episode 30, where she shared some of her morning routine. She journals in the morning and she rather she exercises in the morning and journals and does devotion at night, which is something that I think I'm going to actually incorporate the journaling piece into my end of the day routine because I have a hard time kind of turning my mind off at night. And I think journaling would be a good way to uh, incorporate that. So shout out to Alex for sending that email. And if you have not left a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store or uh, the podcast app, please do so today. I would greatly appreciate it. Your ratings and reviews, they do matter and they help other people find the show. So you can, again, open the app, search for how does she do it and hit review and you can just leave a, a great review from there. This week's review is short and sweet. It comes from Young Female Professional, and it says relevant and relatable and reads kudos. Thank you for keeping it short and simple. Thank you for listening and taking the time to leave the review. And uh, it is always great putting up one of these episodes, and I'm thankful for your continued support. And until next time, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace. Peace.